Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a very talented man on a couple different fronts. You know, his acting uh, very well, and, and God, you, you know him from acting when he was a kid. And uh, Children of the Corn, Malachi, and you've seen him in everything from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Seinfeld, My Name is Earl, uh, everything you could imagine. I think Can't Buy Me Love, too. I think it was in Can't Buy Me Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a, a very underrated, great movie, but you got to check out his music. And I mean, it, it, I absolutely love this guy's music and uh, and his band. I shouldn't just say him, but his uh, his band Ripple Street is the name of him. And uh, love the tune "Going Places." Uh, maybe that's my favorite, but uh, you know, also uh, uh, "Soul Armor." That's from the last up, but the latest is uh, Acoustic Games, which is a solo album and uh, yeah, well, solo uh, record, I should say. And uh, you know, I don't know what's album anymore, what's single anymore, but uh, definitely singles. And you've got to buy him. Uh, just he's absolutely terrific. Uh, Would you is the latest single from the band Ripple Street. You know him from so many different things. Let's get to know his music a little bit. Courtney Gaines is our very special guest, and I'm thrilled to have him. Courtney, how are you? Hey, good. It's great to finally get together. Uh, you know, you you uh, you reached out to me many times on Facebook. I just didn't feel like I had anything to talk about yet. And now I got some records out. I got some movies coming out. So here we are. I, you, you know, you've got to be you got to be really happy with where you've gone with your career, and you've got some freedom now, and you and you get to kind of do your own thing. And, and you know, acting paves the way for for other things. But this seems like, and and again, music seems like something you've done for a very long time and and you guys in ripple street uh, just do it very well uh let's get a little bit of your history if you don't mind and and let's start on the music side uh when did you start playing when did you start uh jamming or whatever you started well, doing as a kid yeah so i started taking uh, guitar lessons at the same time i started taking acting lessons and that was 13 years old uh I think I was much clearer that I wanted to be an actor by profession. I just really wanted to learn to play guitar. And then when I when I got good enough, you know, to, to do the three chords and play up the neck a little bit and do scales, I started writing. And that really is my love uh, in the music. Is I just love write when I can write a song. It's just creatively, it's just a, a real buzz. You know, I enjoy it. Yeah. Do you remember your first original band? Yeah, my first original band was called the Rooftop Boys. And uh, it was a good, actually, it was a pretty damn good band. And uh, the first gig we ever did, lights come up, and George Thorogood is sitting in the front row of this 50, like, you know, seats 50 people. I remember I just about passed out, you know? <laughs> wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, he, he, he knew the percussionist, I guess. And, and I was just like, wow, that's a, that's a start. You got to play for gotta play for Thorogood. Wow. That was, he was a, couldn't have been nicer after the show. You know, you got to believe that that acting kind of is is more stable. I mean, that sounds funny to like parents that that grab their uh, their chest every time the kid mentions I'm going to acting and, uh, you know, instead of uh, uh, going into uh, law or, or, or medicine or something like that. But really compared to music and especially now with, uh, you know, with you know the the, the um, emergence of all of the uh, you know the internet stuff and the Spotify well yeah Spotify is different you know people are, this is actually cool but when Napster first came up it, it just about killed the songwriters 
Yeah, I think the film business is going through that transition right now. I mean, I think it's the same thing of going sort of from analog or, you know, being able to purchase records or CDs to digital. Same thing with the, you know, the movies selling DVDs, now everything going digital. I think it's a, you know, that it's a, you know, it's a tough transition for for both industries, I think. Yeah, no question. Are you using Pro Tools or are you still using analog to record? Um, well, you know, what really kind of got, you know, with the, the, the year of COVID, you know, it really, I had been wanting to do that acoustic record for a while. And it was like, I was at home and I was like, you know, I really don't have an excuse anymore. Let me start doing some research. And you can really put a little home system together now. This little, you know, you buy this little audio box, you plug it in your computer. It comes with a, a, a system to, to, you know, be able to, to, to track stuff just like a Pro Tools, but simpler. And a couple of condenser mics. And there's no reason why you can't track stuff. You know, you still need to go to somebody to mix and master and all that. But, but you can, you know, and you can bounce tracks to each other off of wave files and things like that. It's, it's gotten so affordable, just like, you know, the movie business has gotten a lot more affordable. Why there's so much content and why there's so much indie, indie film is because, you know, it's, it doesn't cost the kind of money it used to cost when I started when you had to be a Panasonic camera with 35 millimeter or trying to shoot 16 or something. That was expensive, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, no question about it. Actually, and and listen, it, people are living to a hundred. So you, you and I, I'm 54, and and I'll tell you, it's it's not old anymore. And I I keep telling myself that, and hopefully I got another 50 years, <laughs> well, 50 years on I'm the right earth. There with you. Yeah. I'm right there with you, my friend. Same around the same age, and just trying to stay healthy, right? Yeah. Well, but if if you look at your career and you go back to Can't Buy Me Love, and uh, and you know, of course, Children of the Corn. I, I guess that's where you really got noticed, right? I mean, that was Malachi when uh, when when you played Malachi, and you were menacing. I mean, you were. Uh, it was disturbing watching you gave nightmares to people, especially kids. Yep. I'm sure, and and uh, you will always. <laughs> There's, there's no question you're always going to be remembered for different roles, and that's one of them for sure. And that, that, that why is not? the primary one, that being the first film, who knew it would go on to become such an iconic uh, movie and such an iconic character. Um, you know, I had a really good 80s run, you know, in teen cinema. And uh, my big goal after that, because it because it had made such a splash, was to I didn't want to be pigeonholed in that. So I was like, I didn't want to play the same thing twice. And I was fortunate to have a really good run, you know, have a successful role in a successful movie in, in pretty much every genre of the 80s, you know. So I kind of really established myself as a, as a as a character actor who could do, a, you know, a wide variety of roles, could do drama, could do comedy, could do, you know, horror, could do it, hopefully in theory, do it all, right? Yeah, well, no question. I, and again, let me remind folks that are just tuning in or just turning on their radios, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Courtney Gaines is our very special guest. And Queen Bees is upon us, and uh, that's a must-watch. But uh, Acoustic Gaines is the solo album and uh, or the record. I, I don't even know what you call it anymore. But nowadays, you know, Yeah, sort of how it is nowadays is putting out a record is kind of tough, you know? Like what's better, what you sort of... You figure out what's better to do now is just put them out as singles, and then that sort of becomes the album. So we're on our third single release right now, uh, a song called Let It Ride, which is kind of a very vintage blues tune. And actually, that just got picked up for a movie I did, an indie film that I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but it's called uh, My Redneck Neighbor. And guess who played the redneck neighbor? <laughs> Good for but, you. But but the song, yeah, I just put it out and it just got picked up by. I ended up playing a, uh, ended up playing a bunch of music in the thing, which wasn't really initially planned, but they liked it and so they wanted some more material. So yeah, it's nice when I can get a song in a movie. So that's always cool. You know, I 
I I love Soul Armor, and I know it's it's from you know a few years ago or whatever. Yeah, but but that's that, Street's first record, yeah. Yeah, I mean that that to me is something that sounds tra- uh, soundtracky, you know, like that sounds like something that uh, that somebody could do something with uh, visually, you know, and just add yeah. that as the background. It just I don't know if you write like that purposely or if it just comes out well, that way. Uh, well, what happened was you know uh, I got approached by the, the bass player uh, Stephen Lee Adams to uh, he he heard some stuff I had done on my first first record, which you could actually find some of that on Spotify now too. Uh, a song in particular called Journeyman that uh, oh, long slash. story. Right. Long story, but Matt Sorum produced that, and he actually got Slash to play lead on it. Right. So that got some college radio playback in the day and all that. Um, but he had heard that and approached me, and I it, it, I was just like, well, let's try it. And we write well together, you know, and it's interesting writing with a bass player. You know, bass players, you know, their lines are, you know, more staccato. Guitar players are strumming, and think, we all think we're Bob Dylan trying to get 10,000 lyrics in. But when you <laughs> write songs with a bass player, you got to, like, really – pair that lyric stuff down so it was an interesting challenge and what we ended up kind of coming up with in that first record was kind of a 90s grunge sound it wasn't like we were trying to it's just that's what i you know that's what we when we wrote together that's what came out you know you know we were talking a little bit off mic and uh my favorite band growing up was sabbath i was into sabbath like like people were into zeppelin i mean i love zeppelin too but i mean it's yeah, sabbath. black sabbath black sabbath was now yeah when i heard that album you know i'll never forget that opening you know the the rain and then yep. yeah yeah <laughs> unbelievable and you and you have a little bit of that in you guys and i you know i, I don't know if it's just a natural influence because well, you this, grew this up with new- New this new uh this we put out three uh new singles this year and uh, the last one would you definitely goes kind of dark and uh, go and it reminds me of a Sabbath song which is just great because it wasn't like again trying to be but it, I have no problem being associated with Sabbath I take you know that's that's great for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, without question, you also mentioned something just a, a little earlier about uh, about having uh, performed or or having done your craft as an actor in all the genres in the in the 80s and you know i didn't pinpoint it that way but i've always thought of you as an actor with a lot of range an awful lot of range but it's true in the 80s you you basically hit every genre that uh that you can come across was that by design was there somebody uh, you know coaching you on the side saying hey it was just i knew i didn't want to play the same character twice particularly because malachi would started such a strong impression i was like well i don't want to just do horror films for the rest of my life not that i don't mind doing some horror films but i don't want to there are so many you know very good actors i do i do you know a lot of horror conventions now over the years and that's starting to open back up there's a lot of very good actors in that in that world but a lot of them are are really pigeonholed to only that genre and i'm just thankful that you know i can do a variety of things you know uh because there's so much more i mean there you know horror has you know horror, there's a lot of freedom in horror to do a lot of good things but i like comedies you know i, I don't have a problem with a, a good comedy <laughs> yeah. i like to be to do more than one thing and i guess talking queen bees which just came out a couple weeks ago that's a that's a comedy that uh i only had a cameo in but i was given the opportunity to work with ellen bernstein Anne margaret jane Curtin, and loretta divine in the scene i was like i'm not passing that up man that's yeah. wow that, yeah that's a great group of iconic actresses you know yeah, you're not kidding. I, I remember something a while ago, uh, and, and I thought you, I might be misremembering, maybe you directed, but it was Benny Bliss. It was uh, called, yeah. I loved it. So ben- 
Plus, I, I produced and helped write and uh, and played the lead character. And uh, so the, uh, Benny Bliss is a, a, about this guy via electric shock treatment. Gets a message from God that these electronics are distracting us from, you know, we're all in our electronics all the time. And he's getting lonely. So I commandeer a band. Yeah. <laughs> and it all ends up in this vortex in the desert uh, in playing this live, uh, you know, this live concert. And uh I wrote four songs in that movie, and all of it's live, no punch-ins vocally or anything. And I'd have to say that that concert at the end was, in in movies and television, the most without a net I'd ever been because we literally did a thirty-minute show. We'd never we'd rehearsed individual songs. We'd never run the set completely. We had uh, you know two hundred extras come out, and we had a bunch of other acts I had to introduce. And we shot that thing twice with no edits, basically. You know, just it was like doing a real concert. Yeah. And uh, we you know you, it was the moment of truth. If we didn't pull that part off, uh, it would have been, you know, the whole movie would have been shot. But luckily, I had a really good group of guys that were uh, the band. Yeah. And uh, uh, Martin Gigi. Was yeah, that's that's what it was. I interviewed Martin Gigi about about that, and I, I mentioned it. I, I thought it was one of the most creative films and underrated films I've ever seen in my well, life. And the thing of thank you so much. And the thing about Martin is, you know, he is a director, a producer, director. And he, he's a matter of fact, he's about to he's uh, about to do his dream project uh, called Sweetwater, which is about Sweetwater Clifton, the yeah. first NBA black, black lady. He's been trying to make that for a decade. For years. But, oh, my God. For years, he's been trying to make it. But Martin also played a character in Benny Bliss that was the keyboard player. Martin is a legit professional keyboard player. He's the he's the band leader for for Gibbons from ZZ Top when Gibbons is doing solo stuff. He's his band leader. That's how good this guy is. Wow. He plays with Gibbons. Wow. Okay? So, so wow. you know, we put a really good – the bass player that was also you know, an actor in the movie, uh, Corey Britz, is now the bass player for Bush. I mean, we had some really good people. You know? Wow, no kidding. I, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to interview you just about that movie one day, just nothing else but that movie. I, it's, that would be fun. To I me, it, it was unbelievably creative. Let me remind folks once again who are tuning in a little late uh, – Courtney Gaines is our very special guest, and uh, Queen Bees is upon us. Uh, everyone's got to check that out, but Acoustic Gaines, for sure, has three singles out on that, and that's his solo stuff. And, and his band, of course, is Ripple Street, and they are, they are dynamite. They are absolutely dynamite, and he's dynamite. His, uh, his career has been, uh, you know, just it, 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 impressive as you can get. And it, and it started, I guess, with Malachi from uh, Children of the Corn. He and Isaac scared the hell out of everyone uh, <laughs> on the screen. And, and by the way, uh, you know, after that, I mean, Seinfeld and, and uh, Sonny and, uh, yeah, and the, a million things. I mean, just In the 90s, a, I had a really, you know, really good you know, guest star TV run. That was sort of like after the teen cinema was over, I was like, what am I going to do? There was no uh, 20-something roles, really. It was either like you were in college or you were like 30. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I said, well, I think I could do Mad Dogs. You know, So I grew the hair out, grew the goatee out. In the 90s, that's pretty much was the run. I played a lot of a lot of bad guys on television, you know? Yeah. Well, just, I, you know, I, I love how you either ran your career or how your career ran together. And, uh, it, it, you know, one or the other. And, and again, this is the first time we're talking. So yeah. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, getting to to try to figure it out. But I, I, I know just in this first 10 minutes that we're speaking that, that it's kind of both. 
right? You maybe you let yeah. some of it happen on its own, and and talent just took over, and then and some of it you you thought out, and you and you said, hey, let me uh, let me go this way, let me go that way. But uh, either way, I mean, you've got an unbelievable track record. You're, the body of work is great. Thank you. You're really right. It's a little bit of both. Uh, really, you know, it's one job at a time that somehow you know, cobbled together into over a hundred jobs, which is, which, you know, I'm pretty proud of that, you know? Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's also being able to, at certain times of your career, being able to look yourself in the mirror and go, okay, what do I look like now? And what is the market now? And what can I do? Like now I'm in my fifties, you know, so I'm getting roles like playing, you know, psychiatrists and I'm getting roles playing sheriffs and I'm getting roles playing owners of diners, right? In your fifties, you better be established. right? <laughs> Why are you there? So, you have to see where you're at and you have to see where the market's at and what you can do in the market. And I think that's, if you can make those adjustments, I think you can keep going, you know? Was there anything that you were up for and you, you know, maybe you had a third read on and, and, and a third call back on and you just, just missed it. And you look back and said, Oh my God, if I had that role, was there anything that you, that you missed out that you just every, every year there would be, you know, a couple heartbreakers, right? I mean, that's just the way if you're in the game, you know, you're going to have those experiences, but, one that stood out a lot in my young career was mask. You know, Eric Stoltz ended up doing it, you know, and he did a fine job, but I would have loved to have taken a run at that role. <laughs> that wow. was a great movie. Oh yeah. I could see you in that role. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, he did a great job. No question about it, but you would have been dynamite in that. And, and yeah. yeah, without question again, Courtney Gaines, everyone, uh, everyone get ac acoustic gains and check out queen bees. And we're going to ask them a little bit about queen bees now. And, uh, you know, also check out ripple street. They are terrific. I'd love to see them live. I don't know what what kind of schedule they're going to have for live. And when you're an actor and you you know that's your that's your first priority. It's uh, it's not so easy to take off you know five months of the year and just go out there and tour. But uh, you know I'd love to see them when they uh, when they come around to New York. I'd love to have them. Uh, Courtney, tell us a little something about Queen Bees. So the story so the story of Queen Bees is is Ellen Bernstein's character is having her going to have her house redecorated she goes into a retirement home just for a little while and then her house ends up burning to the ground and she realizes having to live in this retirement home it's like high school all over again just they're old mean girls now <laughs> <laughs> and that's and it was basically the writer producer it was the experience he had with his own grandmother and that she had to their shock it was like high school all over again so he decided to do a story about it now i just have a cameo in it like i said and i got to work with those wonderful actresses but uh my character, my, my much to my surprise, my my little scene made the trailer and all because it's kind of a a linchpin moment. My character, they're at a diner. My character steals the purse. They catch him. They beat him up, and it kind of bonds the girls all together. You know? yeah. so it, it ended up being a very fun little scene. But I've got a number of things coming out. So you might as just mention them all. Please, um, yeah. One is uh, a movie called Await the Dawn just came out on Amazon Prime last week, which was a surprise to everybody, including the director. But so it's out now. <laughs> and yesterday, the 13th, uh, a movie, an indie film I did during quarantine called uh, River just came out. And it's a psychological sci-fi thriller, very small independent piece, only five actors in it. Um, I play a character, Dr. Michael Glenn, who like I said, is, is a psychiatrist. Like I said, I'm getting those roles now. And, uh, but he plays like a hyphenated character. He's the, the lead girl lost her mom and came back to small town. He was a close family member. He also owns the antique shop she works at. And he ends up being her psychiatrist because she starts having lapses of times where she doesn't know where she is. And 
where she's been. And so we started doing work together. Uh, so I play a hyphenate of characters in a way. It's, it's, it's a very fun role. I have a long, nice COVID beard for the role <laughs> and a very different look. But that came out yesterday and it's getting um, it's getting some nice response. It was uh, it was normally an independent film never comes out before a year. It just takes really it's really hard for indie films to find distribution and all of that. And this movie did. It came out within under a year. So tells you it's got a little something going for it and uh so that's out now came out yesterday and then i have a movie called uh, charming the hearts of men that is coming out august 13th that i shot over two years ago um but i think covid just slowed everything down and that's an interesting project set in the 50s that's loosely based on this woman's story uh that she uh she was the woman who got the word women's rights put into the civil rights bill and uh sort of how that happened was she was a debutante whose father passed away comes home she has a big house but no finds out they have no money she takes a job working at my character's diner mr spratz and uh, while she does that she, the civil rights is heating up in their small town and she ends up letting uh uh the, the black folks do a sit-in at the restaurant and that causes a big big hullabaloo in this town which actually made the papers and um it awoken her to civil rights and she knew the governor and she got him to put the women, the word women's rights into the civil rights bill. And that's what it's about. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that, that is cool. And somebody like, like me and, and a lot of the listeners I'm sure would never know that. And, and, you know, people in general wouldn't know I, that I, unless there's something made on it, you know? So yeah, I certainly did. And, uh, and I love doing period stuff, you know, whether it be, you know, fifties uh, or, or, or civil war or Westerns. I love doing that kind of stuff. It's fun. Let me remind folks, Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, the very talented Courtney Gaines, and that's both musically and, and on the screen, whether it's big screen, small screen, um, stage, I don't know if he's done uh, much stage, but I can imagine anything he does, he does very well. Uh, Ripple Street is, is the name of the band, and Acoustic Gaines is his solo uh, work, and, and you listen to it, and it's absolutely terrific. You know him from Children of the Corn, that, that got it all kicked off from and and boy he's just uh, he's just run amok since then frank mckay welcoming <laughs> everyone back that may have stepped away uh you're listening to breaking it down and very importantly courtney courtney Gaines is our very special guest queen bees is out uh and then check that all out and he's got a whole bunch a whole list of things out check out his music though Ripple Street is the name of his band, and his solo work is Acoustic Gains, and I, you know I guess COVID driven, but man, this man, man is you can, you can, body of work. You can work. find stuff on Spotify, Amazon, Deezer, YouTube Music. It's all out there. You can find it. So yeah, just uh, absolutely great. Again, Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Courtney Gaines. Uh, Courtney, somewhere uh, al along the line, I guess we all find our, our confidence, you know, and uh, and actors are, are no different than, you know, any other profession in that sense. I, w when do you think you found it? And when did it, I mean, was it an aha moment or was it a gradual thing? Uh, w when did you when did you feel like you, you know, kind of hit it and, and you felt good about what you were doing? Well, I give... Uh... You know, all the credit in the world to my acting teacher slash mentor manager at the start of my career, a guy named Virgil Fry. And I studied with him for, for 10 years, and I studied with him five years before I got Children of the Corn. And he, uh, it, you know, I, it got clear in that class that, you know, I, 
it got clear that I was like, you know, one of the best guys in the class, you know, and, and he and all of, everybody said, look, you know, when you turn 18, you're going to work. What happened back back then, the emancipation laws were such you had to be 18 to work a full eight hour day. So in teen, when teen cinema was blowing up, they were looking for 18 year olds who looked 15, which was exactly what I where I was. But I had a good five years of professional training under my belt. And, and, and that that's what gave me the confidence as I knew I was good because I, I proved it. But but getting children of the quorum was the, you know, once I got that, it was it was like game on. It was like I needed to prove to myself and to everyone else that I belonged. You know, that was really what was at stake for me. And uh, I, I guess I did pretty good. So Yeah, listen, uh, there's no arguing that. Uh, how about Stephen King? Was he anywhere near the set? No, it was it was a short story that he um, that he had written uh, that uh, in the they ended up doing a, reissuing the book Night Shift. He had sold that long before he was Stephen Stephen you know Stephen King in any kind of famous form and um, this this person owned it for a long time and then this uh, God I can't think of the guy's name he's like he's an associate producer in the movie and Mark Lipson he's a photographer that's right I believe I remembered his name I knew him years over the years as well uh, he got it he bought the rights from like his uncle or something and then within literally a month had the, had it been greenlit and and that was how that movie got made just amazing I how soon. Uh, did you figure out, or how how soon did it become a hit? Was it, you know, and I don't remember, but I, I to me it seemed well, like instantaneously. But uh, well, it was sort of you know sort of an interesting experience. On one hand, you know, horror was not taken very seriously uh, by by critics and such. You know, it's not it wasn't mainstream like it is now. So critically, you know, it, they were not kind and they were not kind to me. But on the streets. People were, you know, recognizing me everywhere I went, and people were reacting very strongly. Like kids, little kids, would like go running to their mothers, crying. You know, it was just like I was not ready for all that. You know? <laughs> That's and, right. Wow. Yeah. So I... it was a really, it was a really, it it, 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 what it taught me was the power of cinema. You know, that you you really can you can have a great effect on people. And like I said in conventions, I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and said, you know. I, I, you know, I still have nightmares about your character or whatever. I was like, I figure if the critics didn't like me, but I could literally get into people's subconsciouses, I think I did okay. You know? Who did you think, well, who did other people think, uh, whatever you prefer, uh, you were going to be? Uh, for example, did anybody say, you know, Courtney Gaines is going to be the next blank? Or did you think in your mind, you know, hey, I, I kind of fit into this mode. Was there anybody that you kind of patterned yourself I after? I didn't because I I I, I not I mean, I'm, a, I'm a method guy and I studied the methods and I and I you know I watched you know the greats like the Marlon Brandos and the James Deans and stuff but it was very clear to me I was never going to be those guys you know so I never it's the same my same approach with music I you know would I love to be Led Zeppelin yeah but I'm not you know so I have to I have to work with what I have and I have to write and I have to come from whatever's coming from my in, internal experience you know so i figured that out a long time ago you can't be somebody else and i think a lot of actors fall into those mistakes they see somebody else having success and they tr and they sort of try to emulate them i don't i just don't think that's a good approach you know i just don't look like you know uh, you know i I'm, I'm, i have a unique look and stuff too but i would get more people would compare me more to you know people they thought maybe i looked like or things like that more than anything but i i i knew that it was no one who looked you know is you know Richie Cunningham is me, but had an edge. You know when I was coming up, mm -hmm. I knew that that was what separated me. Was I looked, I could look rather innocent if you gave me a good haircut, but I could 
that could bring edge to the game, you know, like even like in Can't Buy Me Love, you know, the last scene, the, you know, you, you shit on my house, you know, that bring that kind of energy to a scene. Uh, you know, not not a lot of young actors could do that. You know, I felt. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. What a what a dif- what a difference. And you know, what's so funny is I never thought of you from Can't Buy Me Love. Uh, maybe because it's so uh, it, it's so different than, than Malachi. I mean, I always thought of you like you know uh, from Malachi, and then of course uh, Seinfeld. I think people you know that stands out. Um, was, uh, My name is Earl. You probably got a lot of uh, a lot of attention off of that, right? Well, that was, that was just a great. That's one of my favorite uh, guest stars. And, and the story I like to tell people, just you know, people ask for actor advice. Well, you know, the story is I auditioned for that show for four seasons. You know, so that means four years I kept showing up there and auditioning. Cause, and and a lot, there are actors who make the mistake after a few times they don't get hired. They're like, well, what do you want? You know, and that doesn't go over well. You have to. The idea is this. If they keep bringing you back, they like you, and they're trying to find a spot for you. That's the attitude you have to have. And I ended up getting by far the best role I auditioned for, by far. You know, that 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 I, one of the things I love about that guest star is it really kind of encompasses all I can do. The guy starts out just a total nerd, and then when his, you know, he buys his bad car, the next time you see him, he's totally disenfranchised and angry and bitter. That's kind of sums up, you know, all the good stuff I can do in one in one guest star, you know. Yeah, you know, you, I never looked at it that way, but you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, that was a great a great role for you. I mean, just so many of them are, but that uh, that's dynamite. That show's underrated, and I know people love, love it. Love that. Love love the concept of that show, you know, about yeah. karma and and cleaning up your old messes and things like that. Very few comedy, you know comedies have much you know depth to them nowadays i thought that one did you know yeah no question and and i wonder if the distribution was like what we have now back then i mean you know that was a that was a network show that was uh nbc yeah. i wonder if it would have uh would have gone on longer if uh if we had uh the hulus of the world and the uh the netflix of the very, world very possibly you know because because then it, yeah could have had a longer shelf life and, uh, and and maybe didn't need to get as many uh people watching you know when you're on the the big three networks you, you know you you have the the highest bar to achieve you know in terms of audience you need like four to six million people watching your show whereas if you're on like a cable network you can have two million or two and a half million people watching them. They'll be tickle pink, you know. So, Ripple Street is the name of the band. Everyone has to check it out. I, they are they are absolutely terrific. Uh, love Ripple Street. Uh, Queen Bees is uh, he's got a cameo in that. You got to check it. That's an all star cast. You got to check it out. Acoustic Games is his solo work, and and, and you, you could hear three three of the tunes I think already yep. on on that. And Courtney Gaines is our very special guest. You know his work from so many different things. I mean he's absolutely absolutely terrific. And, and we're gonna do a whole interview on 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 the the movie he wrote and uh, Martin Gigi, um, uh, uh directed and. It's it's dynamite. It's one of the most creative movies I ever I ever watched. But anyway, Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Courtney Gaines is our very special guest for for a couple moments more. Let me let me ask you about uh, about future plans. Obviously, things uh, have changed so much in in the industry, both you know music musically and uh, and in the uh, the film industry and TV industry. And one thing you know I always say is uh, is is content is king. But distribution is King Kong, and now, 
<laughs> now it seems now it seems a lot more like there's uh, there's these distribution outlets for both music and for uh, for the you know the visual arts and if you think of it whatever you do at this point you can get out there somehow or another does that change your mindset going into this next you know couple of decades of your career uh, does that change how you look at it yeah i mean i can like i said i think the analog to digital thing has changed everything and uh, good and bad you know uh, i think that on, this, on one hand, uh, it's great that, they, yeah, there's, there's less gatekeepers to stop you from getting stuff out, and that's good. The flip side is there's just like a ton, a ton of content, and you'll never see it all. So how do you, whatever you're doing, how do you get, a, you know, how do you get it to stand out enough for people to want to see it? So it's a, it's a, you know, there's sort of both two sides to the coin there. Um, but I think uh, for younger artists coming up today, I think, it's not as an actor. I don't think it's enough to just be an actor anymore. I think you need to know how to be a producer and how to be a writer and how to be a director and how to make content. And I think that that's, you know, that's what you can do out of the gate when you're waiting for, you know, your break, so to speak. There's nothing, there's nothing to stop you from, from making things. And that's always something I understood even before, before this era was, you talk about theater. I was part of theater companies in Los Angeles that I was proud to be part of. I was always putting up a show or doing a gig in between the next job. You know, don't, don't sit there and wait for the phone to ring. You, you know, if you're a creative, stay creative. You know, people say, you know, people say to me, I want to be an actor. I'm like, well, go do a monologue on the corner. I'm like, Oh, don't you mean you want to be famous? That's what you mean. Right. <laughs> you want to be a movie star. Cause there's a difference. You, no one's stopping you from acting right now. If you want to be an actor and that's all, honestly, that's all I ever, wanted to be you know i didn't i you know being a star would be fine uh, you know gives you more options and more money or whatever but i'm i'm I, I just wanted to act you know i just wanted to work and uh and i've never stopped one way or another whether it be in an acting class or putting up a show or doing a or doing a big film you know, or doing an indie film you know it's all my job's the same it doesn't change no matter the budget my job's the same cameras roll i do my gig you know, are, are you able to like? I, I'm sure you do your own shopping and things, but do you have peace when you go into a store? Do you have some kind of anonymity? Is there in, in LA? You know, every you know people are right. looking. You know, so you tend to get more. Uh, you know, and it tends like it just depends. Like, if has something aired recently? You can all of a sudden it'll be like you'll know. Like people are recognizing you from Sweden, Alabama. You're like, oh, must have been playing on TV recently. You know, um, but uh, I, I've been out in the southeast as well to open up that whole market because there's a whole big market in the southeast now in Atlanta and the surrounding areas. Big time. Yeah. Um, and there it's people aren't looking for it as much. So I do have a little more anonymity. And it's just I enjoy being able to go into a Starbucks and not everybody there is in a production meeting or writing a script. You know, it's just <laughs> it's not, you know, L.A. I get so sick of everywhere you go. It's, it's Hollywood. You know, I just I just want to. Can I just go get some tea and sit down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you, what's your immediate uh, plans if, I, I don't know, I mean, is is there a layout? Is, is there a bucket list for the band? Is there a, you know, we'd like to do this, we'd like to tour, we'd like, do you do you have anything laid out like that? Or are you yeah, kind of? Yeah, we have, we have two more singles to put out. Um, and uh, I've, I've, I've finished my vocals on those, so we're, we're in, in more of a, we're in the mixing phase right now, and then we'll get into the mastering phase. So once those two are out, then we'll, we're going to call that an EP, and I think we're going to we're going to we're going to go old school and make a CD, <laughs> <laughs> which I just want for myself if nothing else. 
and uh, and uh, and then we're going to talk about we're and we're in the talks of can we do any any touring like you say we can't go do a five month tour or something but can we set something up to go out there and uh, we need a drummer though which always seems to be the case with this band we're always losing drummers drummers are an you know a good drummers in five bands and they're just waiting for somebody to get big enough to break and then they run with that band so it's it's hard to keep a good drummer and. Uh, uh, so that's the plans with that, and I plan on putting out uh, some more singles for the acoustic games. Um, and then I have two or three other projects, in the solo projects that I'm working on. One is I, I just found a bunch of stuff from Benny Bliss that I didn't know I had. Yeah. Um, I thought I lost it in a computer uh, on a move. I thought it got stolen, but I ended up finding it. So I'm looking at figuring a way to release that. And I've also done some um, some like movie type, you know, like uh, you know, uh, just instrumental stuff that that I've done on that I want to put out as well. So I have I have some projects to to I still have a ways to go getting all the stuff out. So bit by bit, we're just going to keep rolling stuff out there. Yeah, I, I've got to believe too that that people. Uh, may look at you. I'm talking when I say people, I mean filmmakers, yeah, like young guys or or guys that are hustling to do it. They're, they're thinking, hey, you know, if I get Courtney, maybe I can get him on the uh, on the soundtrack, and maybe I can get him to uh, you know take a look at this. And you're going to give them instant credibility. So you have a lot of uh, you know, th there's a lot of different aspects that they could utilize your skills with, and that's got to be something that that crosses your mind, especially with everybody out there making you know making. Films films and making uh tv shows and and making music you have a couple yeah, of different things that you could utilize I've, I've had more content to show people which has been good and putting myself out there musically um the response has been good and and yeah a lot of the indie projects that i'm working on they've been they've been open to the idea of, of using some music which i'm not trying to force it on them i don't want anybody to take it just because they think they have to you know if it, if it contributes to the project if it that's great because that's all any anything artistic should be about and a project is moving it forward not about uh you know some some ego side thing or something that just always kills projects that doesn't help it best idea wins doesn't matter who it can't who came up with it that's my motto as a producer in making projects let me just tell you your music is, and this is the first time we're talking your music is dynamite absolutely dynamite your solo stuff and your and your uh your band work is uh, is absolutely dynamite so it's never gonna it's never gonna have to be forced on anybody but the uh the <laughs> idea of getting it in there uh to to get it to the audience I, I i always think that's cool when i'm listening to or i'm watching an indie film you know let's say and and something's playing and i find out later that that was hey that was courtney Gaines singing that song there yeah. and you know you wouldn't know exactly i mean you're a gritty emotional yeah. singer and uh, and you know again you know maybe it is the way you act you know, you you got that you know you got that grittiness you mentioned an edge you kind of like that musically as well yeah certainly in the band I certainly am yeah and uh, that's that's what's fun about a band because you know you get you get to get a little loud and get a little rowdy <laughs> yeah well listen uh, go ahead I'm sorry I cut you I was off say, like, the first the first single we put out this year was called the Great Divide which was a song I wrote. And it was just after a year of hearing everybody kind of go off the rails politically. Uh, I just, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't engage with anybody in any of that. So I just crafted an artistic response. And all I really wanted to say was like, you know, they're sort of forcing us to choose the right or the left side, but that's not, that's weakening this, this whole country. You know, you don't have to choose one or the other, you know, they can, you can find common ground in the middle, you know? So that was what I wanted to say. You know? And it, I, we ended up putting out right on the day that the, uh, 
uh, uh, the, the insurrection happened. So that was kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I love the song, uh, Great Divide. I, I didn't listen to it close enough to pick up on that, but now I'm going to listen to it differently. Well, well, check out the video on YouTube. I, I you know, I think, it, again, we, I pulled, you know, uh, B, Black Lives Matters protests. I pulled Trump rallies. I put it all in there because I just kind of wanted to show that, you know, it was a crazy year. And, and, and you know, there, it was there was stuff going on on all sides. It wasn't, you know. It was no one was completely right. No one was completely wrong. You know, Yeah, that's, it, that's right. It's great. There's gray areas in this world. I think politically we're tearing ourselves apart here right now, you know, and not, not in a good way. So uh, I hope we become more civil and have more civil discourse because we're all, you know, we're all entitled to our opinion. You know, we don't have to make but we don't have to make everybody else wrong if we don't agree with their opinion. Well, I love that you just said that. I'm an independent, and and I, I agree with that. You know, look, it, it's it, 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 everything is just not black and white or dark and dark and light. Uh, it's uh, you know, there's gray areas there, and, I, and it's great I to bring it up. The news where they just tell you the news. Like remember, yeah, you and I remember the old days where Walter Cronkite would just tell you the facts and let you decide for yourself. Now. You know, you've got extreme right on Fox. You got you know the the left on CNN, and it's a lot of opinion telling you what you should think. And I, I don't think that that's what news's job is. I think news's job is to inform. Let us. I think we're capable of making our own our own judgments and opinions. You know. Yeah, no question. And and they have to give us a little more credit. They have to change the word journalism because that that's out the window. There's, no, really there's no such it thing really left. Is. That's. And, and and the COVID was the perfect year where everybody had way too much time on their hands at home, you know, uh, going on, uh, you know, YouTube and, and, and Googling all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> People just <laughs> lost their minds. <laughs> it's it, it just unbelievable. What a what a year, what a year and a half or whatever. But hey, listen, yes. I, you, you came out of it on, on your feet. Your career has been unbelievable. The body of work that you put together is not only, uh, 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 you know, a multitude of of work, but the quality of work is just terrific. And your music is dynamite. Absolutely thrilled to finally get you. Hopefully I can get you back for a part two and we could uh, discuss uh, certainly everything. Benny Bliss, I'd love to do a whole interview on Benny Bliss alone. And uh, we, we will do that. That would be fun. We'll do it. Uh, I don't know exactly when, you know, but in the, in the near future, we'll have a Benny Bliss the disciples of greatness conversation that'll be fun what what a film what a creative film that was hey uh, give us before you go give us a website or a social media site where we could follow along with you and ripple sure. street the best the best uh the best way to reach me is on facebook and you'll always know it's mine because i have all the current stuff on it but I'm, i also have an instagram page and then the band has a has a a, a a Facebook Ripple Street page, but we also have a Twitter. You can find us on Twitter as well. Ripple Street Band, I think it's it, it says. I don't do I don't handle the Twitter. One of the other guys does, but uh, to get those are all the ways to keep keep in touch with us. Courtney Gaines, thank you very much for being here, and congrats once again on everything. All right, pleasure talking, Frank. Queen Bees, everyone, check it out. Uh, you'll be able to see that, but check out his music. He, he, I kid you not, he is absolutely terrific. He's a gritty, emotional singer. I just love his voice. I love his uh, his writing. I love you know his vocal melodies are just terrific, and and he, uh, he interesting choices you know of where he's going. And if you're trying to predict where he's going uh, vocal melody wise, sometimes you're you're like uh, thrown for a loop. He's terrific. A very creative guy, Courtney Gaines. Uh, everyone knows him from the from the the, the first role of uh, Children of the uh, of the Corn, Malachi, and so many other. Can't buy me love. 
uh, it's always sunny. Uh, my name, my name is Earl, and uh, you know Seinfeld, of course. I mean, so many, so many things. Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, what a career he's put together. And uh, buy his uh, buy his music. It's absolutely terrific. Ripple Street is the name of the band, and uh, Would You is his uh, is his latest. Check out Acoustic Gains. There's so much to talk about. Frank McKay signing off. Courtney Gaines has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. <laughs>